Bandwidth for this week in photography is brought to you by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This Week in Photography is sponsored by Audible. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash twip for a free downloadable book. Coming up on this episode of This Week in Photography, Steve Simon makes the trek from New York to San Francisco to be live in the studio. We talk exclusively about selling and publishing your photography. Welcome to another episode of This Week in Photography. I'm your host, Scott Bourne, and my co-host, Alex Lindsay, unfortunately, sadly to say, is not with us today. He's got other stuff going on. He'll be back next week. I won't. I'll be off next week, so we're trading. Uh, in the studio, though, for the very first time, all the way from New York City, he's in San Francisco here at Penango Productions with us, Steve Simon, world-acclaimed photojournalist. Hi, Steve. I am so excited to be here in the studio. <laughs> I, I never realized that you guys did this in a hot tub yeah. in the studio. <laughs> And the speedos are a really nice touch. Okay, I just want to say sorry. So now, the same thing. We're now, now tell the truth. We're in like a real studio. This yeah. is uh, a kind of an intimidating, very professional studio. Yeah. See, some people admit. think we're doing this at home on Garage. No, band, no, and we no. Ain't. This is a state of the art, and yeah. I'm very, very. Impressed. And we're glad to have you here. And of course, he's here, and he's on time. He's all the way from San Jose. He works for Adobe. He's an ex-combat photographer for the United States Air Force. He knows what he's doing, and he's uh, right here, Fred Johnson. Hello, hello. And uh, I'm going to guess that it's Bally that you're calling from this time, uh, Ron? I am, I am back in country. You are in uh, Hermosa Beach, I take it. Uh, yeah, it's good to be back. I was uh, a few weeks off in, uh, off in Europe. I had to go to a wedding there, not mine. And... Um, yeah, kicking around in the south of France. It was really terrible. Taking waterfall pictures? <laughs> yeah, we saw that waterfall picture. We got a link to that. Uh, by the way, you would never want to say had to go to a wedding if it was yours. That would probably be something probably that, uh, true. You'd, w- you'd want the wife to hear. That's Ron Brinkman. He's a world-renowned, kind of like special effects movie, all-round kind of smart guy. He's on the on the panel with us today. And uh, coming in um, you know, a little bit later, we are going to uh, have no special guest. I've been looking forward to saying that all week. No yeah, special guest. Yeah. No we, special guest. We don't need no freaking guests. Do no, we, we don't. Because okay. this is a very special show. We're it's, special enough. It's all about selling and publishing your photography. That's our topic this week. So we're going to be guestless, and we're going to just see what we can figure out. I do want to let you know that this show is sponsored by Audible for a free downloadable book. Boy, I didn't say that very well. Uh, visit audiblepodcast.com slash twip. And uh, this episode is also brought to you by Drobo. That's right. Drobo is now a sponsor, uh, the intelligent automated data storage device. To learn more about receiving a $50 off your Drobo, visit drobo.com twip. Uh, this is kind of cool. Drobo heard us going on and gushing about them, and they called up and said, well, maybe we should sponsor the show. And I got to thinking, now I need to just gush about Learjet. <laughs> Will that work? And they would sponsor us, and then I just keep gushing. Uh, no, no. We, we all use Drobo, and, and that was a very authentic thing for us to talk about it because we used it, and they just were thrilled that we did, so they wanted to sponsor a couple episodes. Cool. And we really appreciate the support because we're trying to ramp out what we're doing here at Twip, and it's, it's, it costs a lot of money. As, as Steve just said, we're at a real studio, and rent in San Francisco is about the most expensive in the United States, so it, it really helps to have these guys sponsoring us, and we appreciate it if you would let them know you're happy about it, because that'll make them feel good, make us feel good, too. It's time for the news. Today is the summer solstice. 
So you'll have a little bit more shooting light today than the you will tomorrow. The longest day of the year. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. And, uh, you know, um, th- that's, that's kind of important. If you want to shoot, uh, the light being a little bit longer today than it will be tomorrow. Keep that in mind. Uh, there is another rumor, and of course it surrounds Nikon, the D700. Uh, there's a supposedly leaked brochure suggesting a $3,000 price, 12.1 megapixel full frame. Uh, it seems more plausible than the D90 rumor, which was utter bunk. And, of course, I have to admit I was the one who started the D90 <laughs> rumor. But, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it, it, it's like, here's the thing. With Nikon, their product cycles are very long. Oh, it takes time. It's pressure is. makes diamonds, Scott. Yes, I understand. <laughs> oh, I like that one. I remember, I actually, this is, a, this is an interesting fact. When the 12 to 24 Nikkor lens came out, mm-hmm. I was the first non-Nikon employee to shoot a picture with it. Really? It How did in, that happen? I was at PMA. Bill Pakula from Nikon and some other people were out there, and I kind of talked my way into going on a trip to Gooseneck State Park in Utah. Uh-huh. And I got to make one exposure with the one that they had. One exposure. That's all they allowed with you to do? With the one lens that they had. Okay. And there was like nine Japanese guys surrounding me as okay. if, if in case I jumped <laughs> off that ledge, they were going to grab the lens. But uh, it was like two years later that you could buy one of those suckers. Oh, and this, wow. this was, so and nobody this, believed you when you told them about I that. Said, yeah. Exactly. I, I tell, it does exist. Anyway, let's uh, – D seven hundred. I mean, I'm just looking at this. I haven't read anything about it, but I. It doesn't matter. You know, it's a rumor. I'm, I'm excited and yeah. a little aroused. Like I said, you earlier. can be aroused later yes. when it's okay, shipping. Sorry, I'm going to choose to believe it. Okay. I'm going to believe it. Makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a photographer found guilty of resisting an unlawful arrest in Beverly Hills. Mm. Now I don't know how this works. If you're arrested unlawfully. And you resist. Apparently, you're still a criminal in Beverly Hills. It's apparently you're supposed to not resist an unlawful arrest. Basically, it was taking pictures of a, a game from a sidewalk. Uh, you know, we're seeing more and more of these stories. Uh, he was like approached by five cops who um, treated him like he was a criminal. Uh, we're going to have links to this in the show notes. All I can say, folks, is I think we're going to be establishing the TWIP Legal Defense Fund here to hey, help mm-hmm. photographers in these situations because I'm getting tired it's of it. It's a no situation. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, if, if you're shooting and you, you, could be, you could be doing something that's clearly illegal, you know, especially in Los Angeles, if five LAPD <laughs> come after you and tell you to stop, you know, are you really going to resist? Yeah, you know? no, you come can't on. win. You can't win an argument. And know, then with, try to litigate later. You no, know, no, 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 I have no, my no. right. No, no, I, I, I don't believe that that's what happened. I think he was standing there, and they, you know, they came and and they didn't say stop taking pictures or we'll arrest you. They just came and arrested him. Oh, they didn't give him a reason. They just they said, said well because the lady complained type of thing, you know. And, oh, and, and so okay, that's different. Um, uh, you know, and, yeah. and okay, I'll take that case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, counselor. Uh, by the way, sir, if Fred ends up being your lawyer, I hope you have a lot of orange jumpsuits. You are you are in trouble. <laughs> I do want will. to mention uh, the Flickr founders are leaving Yahoo. There's a bunch of storm about this online. I personally don't know that it's that big a deal. If you read carefully, we had Heather champ on here from mm-hmm. Flickr. She herself in her own blog is saying, you know what, the people that really are running the show day to day and that they're going to replace these folks are doing a great job. There's nothing to worry about. I don't think we have uh, to assume that things are going to go bad because the founders are leaving. I wish them well, but uh, we're not going to make that a big story today. I did want to mention it. Also want to mention that Steve McCurry, the, the famed National Geographic photographer, 
uh, and others have a uh, some presentations at the Lumix Festival for Young Photojournalism taking place in Germany. And hmm. uh, since we can't make it there, we hope it'll be streamed. Apparently yeah. it will be. We have a schedule in the show notes for you. Um, and we, if you search around a little, there's some like cool stuff that's being streamed. I mean, yeah, I'm great. Wait, I was just about speaking. to say we probably will start to hear more about these sorts of things online because, face it, transportation to Germany for a lot of people may not be practical. Yeah, tell me about it. And trade shows just overall are expensive. I oh mean, my just, gosh! Just dealing well, just from a, from a corporate standpoint, it's oh, like come on. And what a know? wonderful opportunity to see to hear and see all these people speak uh-huh. and you know get all the the little nuggets they have to do without a- actually leaving your well, your you know house. our first audible pick was a book that supported a museum tour an audible book that supported a museum tour of photography and i i downloaded it i listened to it and my gosh it was as if i was at the museum looking at the show Hmm. this sort of technology i mean particularly for people who either via financial problems or or just you know maybe physical restrictions their health or whatever can't travel this is great because you get yeah. to have the world opened up to you in some meaningful ways. I literally felt as if I was touring the photographs at the museum because I had the guy's voice in my my uh, head saying, and this picture is, you know. Yeah. We're definitely on our way to that Star Trek episode where we didn't need our bodies anymore. We were just brains go. under glass. And you know, just I'd, be, I'd be very glad to get I thought that was spot. Futurama. Was it? <laughs> Well, let's move on to our site of the week, and it's nominated this week not by a listener, but by our very own Steve Simon, and it's John Harrington's site, and I'll let you talk about this for a second, Steve. Yeah, well, of course, because we're dealing with business all day, um, if you guys, and there'll be links to um, to John's site, but John Harrington's a, a Washington, D.C. commercial-slash-editorial photographer, but also he's become kind of the business guru in, in the photography world. And on his site, among other things, I mean, he's actually come out with a, a wonderful book, which we'll, we'll link to, that talks about making money with your camera. But he lists all kinds of uh, pricing. So if you want to hire John to do whatever it is that uh, you need, um, you've got uh, all kinds of options. You know, do you need them for three hours? Then you can select that, the number of images you want, so on and so forth. Uh, do you need it next day delivery? You're going to FTP it. All these variables are there. You can plug them in and, and you'll find out what John charges. And it gives any photographer a good base as to uh, what to charge for stuff. And that's just one area of his, his site, but a really kind of important one and, and a good sort of guide. And then where, wherever you are in the United States, you can adjust it. Maybe it'd be a little cheaper outside of the major urban centers and so on. But it gives you a good, uh, good foundation and base to know what to charge. And that's mm-hmm. you know, a tough thing for a lot of people. And we're going to get into that a little bit more during the rest of today's conversation. But we did want to have a side of the week that was relevant to today's topic, which is selling and publishing your photography. And I want to mention right here, by the way, that it's perfectly okay if you have no interest in selling or publishing your photography. There's no need to do either. And, you know, those of us who are pros, I mean, it kind of drives our decision making. But if you're someone who just loves the joy of it, God bless you. I wish I could get to that point. Um, You know, for me, everyone says, well, how do you know when to take picture? My standard response is when I think I know who to sell it to. Uh, I I I always tell students, you know, you're lucky. You have no money coming in. You don't have a job. You can shoot what you want to shoot. And and really, I think hobbyists too, I mean, you have that opportunity. When you have the time, you can shoot where your passion is. Professionals don't often have that luxury. I mean, that's what we all kind of want, but we still have to survive, so we do what we have to do. And it takes a little bit of the sheen off being a photographer when you end up doing that. Yeah, I mean, the the definition of amateur is 
one who does something specifically for the love of, not for the right. money of. Right. So that's where I would fit. You know, I'm, I think I'm the sort of classic advanced amateur guy. I work in corporate America, make a decent wage. I can buy some gear here and there. I can, I know how to shoot, and I shoot when I can, but I don't do it to, you know, pay my mortgage right. kind of thing. Well, I think it's, you know, I think it's a great point because, you know, I, I mean, I got involved in the film industry, and certainly that changes your perception of going to see movies then and and for me i don't you know i've never tried to sell a photo and it's it's not even on my radar and i think that's nice because you know you're able to take a step back and just do it do it because you want to do it and and i you know people that are doing photography and are trying to figure out how are they going to get into the world of selling it make make sure you really want to get into that world because suddenly mm-hmm. it turns into business instead of pleasure mm-hmm. i love that analogy ron because that's so true i mean I, I minored in music at indiana university and then i could never just listen to a song again yeah you know i had yep. to sit there and go is, is that the bass part now what are they doing with the timing you're you just gave a great analogy you're in the motion picture business so so you're like you can't go to a movie and go that was just a darn good movie you're like oh i don't know if i like the way they did the cg on this and mm-hmm. i mean and, well for, for me yeah it, it it has to be a really good movie and it's, <laughs> if it's a really good movie i can still completely enjoy it but i'd say that that you know that threshold for <laughs> tolerance for for what uh, you know is sort of a medium movie has changed quite a bit and yeah you do start to see the flaws that you wouldn't see otherwise yeah the one exception to that i would say maybe you guys would agree is being a photographer because as a photographer we're always kind of looking and seeing and in a sense we're we're, we're looking more than maybe we would um if we weren't because we're looking at the beauty and the lights and all that stuff and mm-hmm. and that doesn't really take me out of uh the world it actually sort of puts me back in or yeah. in a stronger way so that's a, a positive situation. Absolutely. Now, I think it's more the matter of, it's, it's not the actual photography. It's at the end of the day when you come back and have to start thinking about now, how, who am I going to market this to? I mean, and especially for somebody starting out, and I'm sure we'll cover this today, you know, the, the issue is not so much, I mean, certainly you have to produce great photos, but so much of it is then the work of how am I going to sell it? You know, what contacts am I making? What's my marketing plan? All that kind of stuff. And, and that's yeah. what, you know, isn't photography. It's, it's you know, professionalism. Right. And it comes, you know, we, we've done some surveys at you know at the office you know sort of looking at how much time professionals spend using you know software to to perfect their images versus amateurs and amateurs or advanced amateurs typically spend you know inordinate amount of of time getting their images perfect for no one you know they're just they're doing it for themselves okay i got to burn the sky in a little bit three hours later okay it's almost perfect i'll work on it again tomorrow whereas the pro has to bring it in there, get it right quickly, and move on to the next image. You know, so it's it's uh, it's that whole time versus you know the cost or or for the love of thing. You know, it's it's a really interesting mix. Well, we we are going to get into all of that, but before we do, I do want to say thanks to Drobo for sponsoring today's show. If you are a photographer, you've got lots of images that you got to deal with, and you got to have some place to put them. All of us with possibly the exception of Steve. I don't know if you've bit the Drobo bugger yet or not. Not, not yet. We're, we're all, most I'm of looking. us are, use, are using the Drobo. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'm not yet either, but oh, yeah. I got home from my, uh, my trip to Europe and one of my drives, uh, which was part of a raid array, so I'm, I'm covered, but it's sitting there making these ominous ticking noises and mm-hmm. it's pretty much dead right now. The ticking noise is never good. Yeah. Ticking is not good on hard drives. Well, so, Alex, uh, Alex and I and Fred use Drobo and we'll get these other guys converted. And um, they, it works good with Time Machine, works good with Aperture, works good as a 
Lightroom backup. Uh, Fred, you, you're using two Drobos. Yeah, absolutely. I've uh, recently added another Drobo to my mix. And I, originally what my plan was, I was going to have my photos exclusively on one Drobo and all my other stuff, my music, movies, etc. on the other one. But I decided to mirror them. So I've got one Drobo that's filled with 750 gig drives, so essentially two terabytes online. And then I'm mirroring it in the second Drobo exactly. So, you know, with, with the redundancy that's inherent inside of a Drobo, that's great. So I'm covered there. But I'm also covered with, just in case the entire thing just explodes, there's another Drobo backup. Where I'm missing, my, the third leg that I'm missing of my uh, backup strategy is off-site storage. Mm-hmm. So I have to figure that out. I'll get you another Drobo. You can take it over to my house. There you go. Just <laughs> put a fiber optic line to your house. Then I'll have access to all those pictures of beautiful girls you take. <laughs> um, if you have the password. Just want you to know that the Drobo <laughs> is smaller than a bread box, easier to use than a toaster. It stores lots of data, your photos, videos, music, and keeps it safe. I use four one-terabyte drives in my Drobo, which gives me three terabytes worth of protected data. Mm-hmm. And, of course, now I'm using the Drobo as the Aperture Vault because mm, okay. I have a very large Aperture library. And what's cool about that is I sort of have a double vault because everything on the Drobo <coughs> is protected again. Mm. So it's really cool. I have the vault times two almost on yeah. one Drobo. It's awesome. Right. It's really great for an aperture vault. It is, it's, it's really uh, flexible. You can put any size drive you want. You can, one goes bad, you pop them out, you stick in a new drive and you're healed. You can't uh, work on a RAID system with different size drives, but you can the Drobo. I really think you should check it out. We've been using the Drobo around here for a long time uh, at Padango Studios. All of our stuff stored on Drobos. We use the Drobo Share so we can network it. It's really phenomenal. Here's what I'd like for you to do. We've arranged something very special for you. If you go to drobo.com slash twip, you can get a $50 rebate on your Drobo. But every other person that wanders into the site has to fill out a form, send it in, wait. You know how it is with the rebate stuff. I hate that stuff. So I worked out a special deal for you. You don't have to do all that. You just put in the twip code, boom, instant rebate, 50 bucks off. That's a 10% savings. And for, for a long time, these guys weren't moving off that price at all because they've been so hot since mm-hmm. Macworld where they had like 4 million people it at their It really booth. has taken the photo world by storm. It and has. this is the biggest issue, I think, that digital photographers are facing Storage. in the next coming, coming and backing up and securing yeah. everything. So check it out. Thanks to Drobo. Go to drobo.com slash twip. It's 50 bucks. It's an instant rebate. That's the only way you can get it through us. And the offer does expire August 31st, 2008. So act now. Let's move on to some information that we have um, going on the blog. And that would be the very important news of the current Flickr challenge winner and poll information. Uh, We had a challenge called Water. And the winner was Nanning Waterfall. That's an amazing image. That just blew me away. It did me too. It's apparently taken in China. Wow. And uh, the person that took it said, yep, that's just the way it was. And, and uh, it's no Photoshop at all. It, the, the way I kind of... Well, I don't like it anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the way I kind of do this is, you know, I get the, the more view on Flickr where I get them really small. And then the ones that just pop out of there start to be in contention. This yeah. one grabbed me really hard. So yeah. I don't know if you guys remember, but like, well, I'm sure you do remember the old contact sheets. You can sort of see, even if you don't mm-hmm. sort of um, know exactly what's on that contact sheet, but you can see sort of the shapes and mm-hmm. the composition. And uh, without even really, you know, it, it, it pops out even even really small, yeah. a strong image, Will. Yeah, contact sheets and the grease pencil, right? Steve? Exactly. Yeah. And right. the runner-up was an amazing image from... Um, 
the top or the bottom of the world, I'm not sure which, called Water Goddess of an Iceberg. And uh, that was really striking as well. And we appreciate all the entries. We had 450 entries for this particular challenge. So that was a good showing. Thank you, folks. That, that iceberg image reminds me a lot of one of the, uh, the John Paul Caponegro yeah, yeah. shots. I mean, yeah. it's got that sort of you know, blank space with something interesting that just draws your eye into it. It's, it's really it's interesting. Com- it's and, compelling. And, and you know, when, you, when we talk composition, we, we often say that you, know, you shouldn't have your, your, your horizon kind of in the center, which this one isn't, but it's close to the center. Mm-hmm. There are no rules. Sometimes it just works. Yeah, that one works. Mm-hmm. And the next challenge was submitted by one of our listeners who complained that I was making this stuff too easy. So uh, she said, let's go with something more obscure, like strength. So there you have it. The new challenge is strength, your interpretation thereof. Join our Flickr discussion group, more than 5,200 members as of today. Thank you for joining. We also have 2,500 people in the critique forum, and we're moving quite well in the challenge pool. So we have three different ones. You can link to them all from the blog, twitphoto.com, twitphoto.com, twitphoto.com. We also have a poll going on. Now, this is what I consider to be bad news. Mm, uh, the, last, the last poll, Ron, are you ready for this? Only mm-hmm. 8.1% of our uh, respondents were female, my friend. That is bad. That is mm. bad. Mm-hmm. We're not. We're, we're, we got to get the message out to ladies that photography is cool. So I'm going to make it my, my personal mission to help. I will personally okay. welcome more women to. I don't this really field. have to keep my, my voice deep, and I could pull, let my stomach go out. Now. Yeah. So, no. Okay. Good. All right. Well, now I know. Yeah, it's a 91.9 percent male out of 1,467 respondents. That's a little discouraging. I was hoping for more. Now it could just be that our particular audience has that heavily male skewed yeah. thing. But if I go I go to the, you know, I go to the workshops and you know, unfortunately it's like nine guys and one lady a lot of the time. That's interesting. I, I told you last week that, you know, at ICP where I teach, um, the women definitely outnumber the men in terms of you know, Maybe documentary, photojournalism. photojournalism. Maybe but even in the general photography course. Wedding so. as well. I mean, women are really, really strong in the, in the wedding That's industry. That's because they care what your colors are. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, email Scott. Scott Bourne on Twitter. Okay. We That's, just lost another percent of There you go. We're down to 4% female. Thank you, it's, Scott it's, Bourne. It's, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, anyway, we, we really... We really you know, thank you. Everybody. I'd like to hear from some 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 women and sort of see what their thoughts are on. I bet on you would like to hear from some women. <laughs> wow, well, I, I would indeed. But That's a I don't know what you know, entirely there. Yeah, no, but you know, for the for the show notes for this show, you know, if there's any women listeners, I'd be curious to hear what what they think the reason is that there aren't that many women listening to the show. Yeah, I mean, come on, there's no line at the bathroom. <laughs> so. Um, the new poll is how long should the TWIP episodes be? We got a little bit of feedback this week, guys, that we mm. cut our, our interview with mostly Lisa off. Now, I have a theory. My theory yeah, that's is, the uh, 99% male listeners. Yeah, that's exactly where my theory is going. They were ticked because we cut off an interview with mostly Lisa. If it had been Bill Crow from Microsoft, who's a heck of a nice guy, but not near as good looking, they'd have been, yeah, next, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, but they wanted us to spend as much time with mostly Lisa. I, anyway, the poll's up, and so far... The largest reaction on the poll is we'd like it to stay just the same. But there are some – there's like 8 or 9% of the people as of this morning, and it's only a few hours old, this poll. They were like two hours or more. I got news for you folks. I have a bladder. That ain't going to happen. So uh, CNN is 24 hours a day. Yeah. I mean, well, we're going to need to get a lot more sponsors if this thing's going to go more than, than, than that. With NN? Yeah. yeah. Here you so, go. So we've, we've, we've dealt with that. So now we're going to um, try to cover an awful lot of ground. And we've chosen a few listener questions to sort of mingle into 
the overall topic, which is selling your photos. So I, I, I think that um, what, what I'd like to do to start off with this is to say, if you decide that you want to sell or publish your photos. Now, remember, these can be different things. You can have a lot of work published without getting paid much or anything for it. And sometimes that's people's goal. That's a very legitimate goal to be published whether or not you're paid. But sort of use the same tactics, it looks like, to get either place. I think the most important thing to first decide is, number one, who's the audience for the work that you want to do? Now, this is extremely important. If you want to be a wedding photographer, your portfolio of nature shots is pretty worthless. You got to show what you want to sell, don't you, Steve? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, if you if you want to go in a certain direction, the only way you're going to have someone uh, pay you to do that is to show them what it is that you're going to do for them. So, if you're planning on doing a certain type of photography, your dream is to pursue a certain area. You have to go out on your own and invest in yourself and and put out make that portfolio as strong as it can be and put that out there. And that's when people will recognize what you do and mm-hmm. they'll want you to sort of recreate it for them or do that kind of thing. Yes, yeah, it's, it's different. Sorry, Scott. It's different. Like in when you're learning photography and you're in school, then you're trying to demonstrate technical aptitude. So, yeah, I can I, I know f-stop, shutter speed, ISOs, I know how all that stuff works together, and you, I can apply these skills to anything, but when you're you know, a professional going to show somebody that you know how to take a good image, they don't care about that stuff, they want to see that two-dimensional right. result of your work, then you have to show the, in context. And you have to have the right audience. For instance, I'll use wedding photography as an example because that's probably the largest scale on which photographers can get paid. A lot of photographers can get paid a lot of money. It's getting more competitive, isn't it? Is, it? Everything's yeah. getting more competitive. Yeah. But if you think that's competitive, try to be a food photographer in New York. There's like mm-hmm. 10 guys that get all the business. Mm-hmm. Whereas there are thousands of wedding photographers getting paid lots of money. Mm-hmm. But I'll use weddings just as an example. If you are going to go that route, when I talk about audience, you're not sure what I mean. Well, here's what I mean. Don't show pictures to men. Show them to women because women are the buyers of wedding photography. They're the decision makers, are they? Yeah. In the, in the wedding business, mm-hmm. it's the woman that decides. And in fact, in several businesses related to photography, you'll find over and over again that it are, it's the women who are coming in and writing the checks. Mm-hmm. And that's family portraiture, weddings, mm-hmm. fine art prints in the home, still predominantly purchased by w- women. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going to be a, a sports journalist, you're going to find that your audience is men. Mm-hmm. Because traditionally, sports editors are men. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have the right audience. Ron, you can speak to this as somebody who works with movies. One of the crucial things to everything that goes on in a movie is audience, right? Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I want to expand a little bit on, on Frederick's point, which was you know, when you're in school, you know, for the students that are listening, and this is true across the board. I, I, I've given talks uh, to visual effects you know, schools and universities, too. And the thing that never seems to get taught is the real world part of it. The, you know, not the technical issues, but when you, know, when you get out in the real world, those technical issues, do you've got to be good, but those kind of fade into the background. You know, if you're working in visual effects, the thing I always hammer on is, you know, can you work as a team? Can you get along with people? Whatever. And it's going to be the same thing as a photographer. You're going to have to figure out how you present your work and how you present yourself. Because especially for something like a wedding photographer, they got to understand that, you know, they got to, they got to feel good about you 
coming into the middle of their wedding. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, I think you can't you can't underestimate the importance of that. Yeah, absolutely. And in a wedding photography situation, you know, we have conversations about this all the time. It's more, in my opinion, it's more the higher end you get with a photographer. I think they're paying for you as insurance. You know, mm-hmm. the photography at that level. You know, I'm getting a lot of hate mail, but you know, it, it's become somewhat of a commodity it's you know sort of the same sort of shots you can add creativity to it but you know it's a it's a planned sequence of events they're paying twenty thousand dollars or what scott you were charging god knows how much for weddings twenty five thousand dollars per wedding they're not paying because they think you're you know the greatest thing on earth although there may be some of that in there they're paying because they want to make sure that this one event hopefully that happens one time in their life is going to be captured properly, you know, and it's sort of insurance. That's certainly a factor. And, and of course, for a lot of people, it's just like they buy Rolex watches when they don't really need anything more than Timex. Sometimes people just want the expensive thing because it's cool. And we'll get into that discussion yeah. with pricing. And just well, to add one point, um, the whole elite uh, of photography, I mean, that's exactly it. Uh, people's jobs are on the line. So when they make a decision to hire a photographer outside of the wedding industry, they want to know that that person is going to deliver and has a proven track record. Insurance. And that's why it's, yeah. it's, you're not going to sort of get those jobs at the beginning. You have to work your way up. For the vast majority of professional photographers, I mean, my mantra is survival is success. And, and frankly, I mean, to survive in this market is, is not an easy one. And let's just talk about that. If you want to go pro, understand this. You're going to get paid in sunshine. Because photography, <laughs> that means you're going to get to be outdoors and take pictures and have fun. It means you're not going to get a big smile. The smile yeah. is priceless. You, you, you know, Rainbows this, are the bonus. Here's the thing. Do you know anybody in your life that does not own a camera of some type? Chances are no. No. Everyone thinks because they have a camera that they can be a photographer. We see this over and over and over. And how do we, how do we know this is true? Well, I, I, I had a, an award-winning print at a juried exhibition in Seattle where, you know, Art Wolf, one of the most world-renowned nature photographers in the world was the juror and you know i had a a really nice image and and i won a big cash prize and a publishing thing around it and some guy walks up to me the first question what's the first question i get what What, do you think what what camera did you use? thank you yeah what kind of camera (laughs) did you use to take that picture and my standard response is well i bought it at that place where will shakespeare gets his pins exactly oh it drives me up the wall there are so many professionals doing stuff with like plastic cameras toy cameras i mean it's not about that as we know yeah but 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 see because what i'm getting at it's a very competitive business because people think it is Mm -hmm. everyone uh ron might be seeing this now even in visual effects i've got an Apple and it came with a little visual effects program so I can do what Ron does. Oh, sure. And, you know, just with the, you know, a lot of people will look at a photo and say, well, I could have taken that. You know, there's nothing amazing about that. Or even, you know, you even open up an issue of National Geographic and uh, not every photo in there is, you know, the most amazing photo ever. But you've got to think about what was the photographer behind that doing. And, you know, National Geographic isn't going to hire somebody that they don't feel can't go into these ridiculous situations sometimes and produce you know, great photography. You know what? You know what's what? It's interesting as well because camera technology has come along so far, and we've got these great cameras at relatively low prices. A lot of people that 
you know, arguably shouldn't be taking professional photos or billing themselves as professionals exactly. are no hanging license. out their shingle and saying, hey, I'm going to, I can shoot your, you, you're going to pay Scott Bourne $25,000 to shoot your wedding? I'll do it for $1,500. Yeah. I've they, got a, I've got up, a Canon. They you end know. up on Judge Judy. Yeah. Well, yeah. But then, exactly. but then Scott, Scott can't pay the, you know, the mortgages on his six houses because he <laughs> no. lost that job now. <laughs> and this guy has $1,500 and he, and they have sucky pictures. You Did know? you know that there are, aside from all the amateur photographers and advanced amateurs, every year in the United States, 20,000 new photo program graduates are being thrown into the yeah, world. That's what I wanted to get out there. How many magazines, books, and newspapers are there? We can, we can count them in the hundreds, tops. Yeah. How many photographers are there? 20,000 new ones a year, plus all the old ones. Mm-hmm. In other words, you're going to be competing. And according to the United States Bureau of Census, if you're a photographer, the average salary is $26,600 a year. Do not spend it all. In you one do place. not do this for the money. It that's across the United States? That's, really? yes. that's the nationwide yes. average. Now, 26 of course, wow. it, you know, Of course, there are some exceptions. There's people making millions a year, you know, uh, you know, Monty Zucker made three million a year, probably taking mm-hmm. wedding pictures. Dennis, Dennis Reggie, cleaning up. Yeah, Clay Blackmore, my little buddy. He, you guys he's, are he's, he's, musicians. Well, I know Scott's a musician. I mean, look at the music world. There's oh, so yeah. much talent out there, and how many people are actually making a living at it? Yeah, marketing. It, I think it, a lot all, of and that's it comes what I'm down to get marketing to next. If yeah. you want to do this business, it's not about how good a photographer you are, or what camera you have. Because I'm going to tell you what the expected norm is. The expected norm is that you're great. We're, you know, you don't get to get this job because, well, I'm a great photographer. Guess mm-hmm. what? Everybody doing this is a great photographer. The minimum. Yeah. That's, yeah. The, that's just the bare bones minimum. And there are very few professions like this where the super great people, that's really not something that sets you apart because everybody's got the same. I mean, I got a, I got a camera that you can walk into any pro camera store in the country and buy. So there's no secret cameras, no secret lenses, mm-hmm. no secret mojo. Mm-hmm. It's got nothing to do with that. I'm very competent. I've been doing this three decades or more. However, somebody with six weeks experience, if they're a better salesman than me, can get the job. And that's the next thing I want to talk about, which is when people ask me, what's the day of a professional photographer like? They're usually shocked, saddened, and disheartened to find out that 85% of it's spent doing sales. 15% of it's spent doing printing and taking pictures and and working in photoshop or aperture or lightroom and 85 percent of it's what we call smiling and dialing right fred when you talk about you know you're doing you know your full-time gig doesn't allow you to take pictures all the time Mm -hmm. but the but the the fact is you may actually be taking pictures more than a professional photographer does this has been one of my great frustrations is that in order to survive i have to do all this other stuff and i'm not shooting i mean granted it's it's my own fault but it it frustrates me that I'm not shooting. I sort of slap myself a little. I should be out there. I'm living in New York. It's a it's a wonderful opportunity, visual place to to be, and I'm just not doing it the way I should. Yeah, so, I mean, I get I so get I'm jealous to, of you. I get to you know work at Adobe and then you know shoot models on the weekend. Who's you know I'm not getting paid, but you know yeah. for the models at least. But you know you look at the way I like to contrast it is you know coming from a marketing background and a photography background. There's like two kinds of photographers. There, there's a photographer that is the greatest shooter in the world. He knows everything about light. He can look at a scene and set an f-stop shutter speed and get it right there. Takes amazing pictures. And then there's the guy that doesn't really know a whole lot about photography. He shoots his camera on auto. The the auto guy could be a master marketer, whereas the very competent guy knows nothing about marketing. Who's eating prime rib and who's eating in and out. And it depends on, on the market that you're, you're in as well. I have a friend who's a, a Guggenheim grant winner who's working as a security guard at a museum in New York City. 
because yeah, you know you do what you got to do though you yeah. do what you got to do to 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 have the opportunity to to do what you love and mm-hmm. we make choices and and that's it but i mean there it's a difficult go and and the one number one piece of advice i would give anyone ready to sort of break into photography full time is have a a big bucket of money as a as a backup don't do it until You've got six months at least of, of backup, or more would be better, yeah. because it's 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 that hard. It Which really means is. don't it's start the best way to make a, in San Francisco or New York, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. Yeah, the best way to make a small fortune in photography is to start with a large fortune. <laughs> That's words to live by. Words to live. By. So start off so being they, Scott Bourne, and you will no, no, wait, you wait. will be successful. Even I didn't start off being Scott Bourne, and I am Scott Bourne. I mean, you know, I, I just just to put some perspective on this, I you know, I'm getting a little of the Thurston Howell the Third treatment here, but I, I, left, uh, I left the United States Army with the following in my possession: fifty dollars United States currency, one pair of standard issue Army boots, four pairs of standard issue Army underwear, two pairs standard issue jeans uh two blue knit shirts a belt a toothbrush a comb and a p38 that's it and now look look at that that's it that's what i left the united states army with parents who had no help for me after i was 14 so everything i've done i've earned yeah and most of how I've earned it is by being a better marketer than a photographer. Right. And that's what I'm going to say. That's the point, right? I'm going to tell you right now, I am far from the best photographer in the world. I like to, I like to pride myself on the fact that I'm probably just good enough, but, I am a really. I think good you're salesman. being a little modest here. I well, mean, obviously, in the areas that you photograph, yeah. I mean, you know. But the point being is, if I had to be, if I had to choose between being good at one of two things, I'd much rather be good at selling because I can learn photography. That's true. <laughs> you know? That's right. true. But the selling part is crucial. You have to know how to talk about your work. You have to know how to talk with editors. You have to know how to talk with photo buyers. You have to know how to talk with brides. Mm-hmm. You have to know how to help these people understand what you do and where the value is in it because that's the real issue about selling your images or getting them published. Mm-hmm. You're trying to sell your, yourself on this premise. I've got so what's available? What's available to photographers is you know services for for doing that for them. I mean, we we can go into all the little website stuff. But are there agencies that actually take care of some of this for photographers? Absolutely, but to get an agent, Ron, you already have to be fairly well established. The agents make their living repping you, and they're not going to take on a client that isn't proven because they, then they get no yeah. money. Mm-hmm. Agents want successful photographers because that's how they work. And they, just like the, the people that are going to employ photographers, they don't want to necessarily take chances. They want people with proven track right. records. Here's how you get an agent. They call you. Mm. That's yep. how you get an agent. You don't. And so it's you know it's the same thing as it is in the in the high end of the film industry where right. you know I've got a lot of friends that have tried to break in as as directors or actors and uh, you know you usually can't get an agent unless you already have a deal. Yeah. You know? If, I, and drove, they if see, I drove over to William Morris and said I I think I could you know be as funny as John Candy was I want you to represent me where do I sign? It ain't yep. gonna happen. And and the now, you've got to walk in the door saying I've already got this you know X. X amount of deal. I'm giving you 10% of it, even though you did nothing to get the deal because I'm hiring you for the future. What do you, what do you guys think overall? There's, there's two missing pieces here. I think we didn't talk about the, you, there's one thing about having talent and then there's the other thing about being a, a good marketer, but another piece is just being decent in business and knowing how to do the balance sheet sure. to make sure you're making money. And then the third piece, I think, or the fourth piece, I don't know where we are. 
but you have to learn how to count. The old, yeah, <laughs> clearly, clearly, I have an accountant. <laughs> you got to know how to hire an accountant. Um, but to to do the in today's age, we've got Twitter, we've got Facebook, we've got all these social networking means by which to market yourself or at least get your name out there. Do you guys think that these, you know, Web 2.0 or social media type? Things are important to the photographers in terms of adding another thing to their marketing mix. See, I, I think I think it's a big unknown. We had uh, at our class we had Vince Lafare, who's very successful as a business, but a very talented guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he talked to the class, and he mentioned that General Motors, and I guess we could check this out if it's true or not, but I suspect it is that they took two billion dollars out of their advertising budget from newspapers and uh, television, and has and have put it into the internet. So I think a lot of photographers realize that there's money to be made um, from the internet, but we just quite haven't figured out how to do that yet. Well, I think Ron's question is more towards not so much the internet providing us with income, but providing us with a marketing stream to go get the jobs. Yeah. yeah. And, and in that case, it helps. But I still think it's a blip because I, I know – I probably personally know 100 photo buyers and editors. Mm-hmm. And I've been an editor – on several book projects uh, for my own photos plus other people's where I've been hired to be an editor. And I can tell you that in almost every case, they say the same thing. And about 90% say, yeah, I use the internet to find new talent, Mm. but I book talent based on them walking into my office with a physical portfolio full of images I can look at. Nobody I know hires based on what they see online I, they want yeah. to touch the prints i agree with with scott in that regard i think you know keep it simple and and really like much of the world it's based on relationships and personal yeah. relationships so if you as a photographer starting out it's all about uh targeting your your market and you know maybe just choose 10 spots that maybe you would like to be and then just be persistent and I've, i often yeah. say it's a fine line between persistence and restraining order but you really do have to kind of keep people up apprised of what you're doing show them new stuff and and eventually you know meet with them i think you can find your uh, find a way to meet with anyone at least once yeah. but when you meet with them you better be ready you better be professional and you got to show the work and you got to show the and goods. in fact here are the top five things if you listen to this and you learn nothing but this from this show i guarantee you this will help you get better down the road in terms of selling and publishing your work here are here there are all five of these you must do all five number one is show the work Number two is show the work. Number three is show the work. Number four is show the work. Number five is show the work. That's it. If you show the work, that's your best chance of getting work. You have to show what you've done. You have to show it everywhere you can, as often as you can, as many times as you can, as many ways as you can. So you have to use Twitter. You have to use Jaiku. You have to use you know Flickr. You have to use your own website, your own blog. You have to have a physical portfolio. You have to agree to participate in shows. You have to show the work because what happens is in an innocuous situation where your work is someplace that maybe you don't expect it to be or your patrons don't expect it to be. Someone goes, wow, I like that photo. And here's, what, here's a perfect example. At Macworld, this year, I was asked to give a little talk in the f- digital photography area about what I do, my bird photography. And I had a few photographs just you know, stuck up on the wall behind me. Mm-hmm. Guy walks up and goes, did you take that eagle picture? I go, yeah. And he goes, I'm from the United States Veterans Affairs Organization, and, and we're putting together a, a project. We're going to issue a gold coin. 
the VA and the United States Army, we're going to wow. issue a gold coin to every returning Iraq vet. We would like to license that image. Oh, my goodness. What a great honor is and that? They, awesome. And stuff. they bought yeah. the image, and it's, it's on wow. the coin. Oh, my goodness. So, I mean, you, would that have happened had I not been there? No, because they no, never know right. when I got the eagle You shot. have to be out there, and yeah. uh, I don't think we have time for this story, but uh, it's been told before. I had a situation where I was trying to get a book published, and I had sent it out to a bunch of publishers, got rejection letters. Um, Susan Sontag, the late great Susan Sontag, lived in my apartment building. So I thought, well... It wasn't happening traditionally. Maybe if I can get her my book dummy, then maybe um, if she were to agree to write a forward and be inspired, then I'd have an easier time being published. Um, I, got, I got the book dummy to her. Her assistant called the next day saying she gets so many of these requests, she's not going to have time to look at it for a long time. But I, I, I talked to him. He assured me he would show it to her. I still continued to try and find uh, a publisher. Um, out of the blue, I get a call from this guy who says, my name's Andy Levin. I'm a photographer in New York City. I'm looking at your stuff from Ground Zero. It's really good. And I'm going, what, who are you? He said, yeah, I just bought a copy of your book dummy from a guy selling it on 7th Avenue for $4. <gasps> and I'm going, uh-huh. like, what? He said, yeah, the guy who, who sold it to me said he got it from Susan Sontag's Garbage. And then I'm going, oh, okay. But the story gets better because Andy has his friend at Life Magazine who's publishing this commemorative book. And he um, uh, show it, show it to her. To make a, a long story a little bit shorter, I ended up getting eight pages in this life publication. And with the credibility of being in this um, this life publication, this was 9-11 work, by the way, after 9-11. Um, I ended up getting my, my book published. And it all came from Susan Sontag's garbage, basically. Wow. <laughs> and, and that story is true. That's and, amazing. And, and that, that just – it just underlines the point that you made. There are no wrong opportunities. You have a chance to have an exhibit in a coffee shop. You never know who's going to see it. The more it's out there, the better it is. And don't give up on it. What just- if it's the coffee shop up here in Nicasio, California, which is a no-nothing town with one building, basically? Nope, doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, that also happens to be the place where all the folks from Industrial Light and Magic go get their coffee. And maybe, you know, maybe some big shot film producer who's in at ILM getting some work done, like Bob Zemeckis, sees your picture and buys it for a background. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, anything can happen. Let's get to a listener question. Uh, someone writes in, I'd like to know... As a serious amateur, um, how I can break into photography but still be respectful to professional photographers. I love this question. It's from Breen Yen, I believe is how you pronounce the name. He's basically saying, you know, I want, I, I want to start selling pictures, but I don't want to cause any problem for guys that really need to make a living at it. Thank you, because almost nobody else cares what happens to us. <laughs> um, you know, the answer is simple. Put a fair market price on what you're doing. I mean – Outdoor Photographer is a magazine that gets nature photographers to put it, you know, pictures up there at 50 bucks a pop. Well, if you're a guy selling serious uh, nature photography, that, that sets a cap on your work at 50 bucks, which makes it pretty tough to drive to Tetons National Park, make an image, drive back, and sell it at a profit. So, you know, do something that's comparable with what you see the pros in your area doing, is my advice. Mm. We are our own worst enemies to a certain extent. I mean, yeah. we're desperate a lot of the time to. So we take a, to, take a buck. You know, and, and we do. But yeah, I think we have to resist that. And, and you know, Don't the brothers, sisterhood of, of photographers. And there are organizations that. That banded together, yeah. like editorial photography. We'll have links to those organizations on the on the site. 
um, that that kind of um, you know have that attitude, and it is a professional attitude to have. Uh, yeah. d- if you have a ten dollar head, buy a ten dollar motorcycle helmet. My grandpa used to say. So you, you know, get what you pay for, don't you guys? Yeah, yeah it's interesting. I had a, a couple weeks ago, maybe it was last week. I had a I did a video, a quick video on my website of Dane Sanders, a wedding photographer, and I asked him specifically, you know, in today's market climate, the economic slowdown, recession, whatever you want to call it. Um, how do photographers or can they start businesses or what are the challenges for photographers starting businesses? And basically he said the middle is gone now. So the, the middleman or not the middleman, but the, those middle of the road photographers that try to say, I'm not going to be too expensive or too cheap. Basically the, the market now is going to be, you know, from what Dane said is going to be composed of the low end or the people that are, you know, $500, $1,500 and then the $25,000 people mm-hmm. on the high end. So, mm-hmm that middle is just sort of going away. Now, now, Ron, in the visual effects business, is there a problem with amateurs trying to break in, undercutting uh, what you do, or is your work so specialized that uh, you don't have to worry about it? Well, you, you, you see it a lot, little, little, you know, small shops or something trying to come in and undercutting the work, and it's, it always ends up being, all right, well, we had to pull that job away from them, and we're sending it over to ILM instead because they just couldn't do it. So I, I think the, the visual effects industry as a whole has been burned a lot by people that come into it thinking they can do it and, and, and not able to do it. And so, you know, once again, it goes back to the studios aren't, aren't stupid. I mean, they want to save money, but most of the time they recognize that that's a, a false economy of hiring somebody that doesn't have a track record. Hey, Steve, I had one, one follow-up question on that whole uh, Susan story. Mm-hmm. So after you found out that she had throwing your your book dummy in the garbage yes how was it awkward in the elevator with her (laughs) (laughs) actually you know what i was so happy you know when the book came out i thanked you know susan sontag uh, i thanked andy levin who found it i later found out i went back to the doorman who i gave it to get to her in the first place and he knew immediately who it is there's a guy in the building who collects garbage people throw good stuff out and he's still to this day and i ended up taking him out to dinner i thought he was a little down and out tells me he's a millionaire he's like one of these eccentric guys wow. but really the moral of the story is you know you you got to believe in, in and the you project. don't just explain yeah. so much about you steve <laughs> because when we came to the studio this morning steve was throwing his books into our big dumpster out front it's the way i market myself it's garbage now. marketing you heard it here first it's a brand new thing garbage marketing Absolutely. by steve simon it's Absolutely. the new bestseller in the photography world yeah, yeah. i want to i want to skip ahead a little bit because we are always this Aaron was very, very thorough, and we have seven weeks' worth of notes for a one-time show. But I think we cannot move on without be sh- ap- becoming absolutely sure that we cover selling via websites because this is a big deal now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are, you know, and, and by the way, if you have a website, guess what? You're publishing. Mm. You're publishing. You know, according to every attorney I've spoken to, you're publishing within the context of what that mean words legally. And certainly in terms of the Library of Congress, the, they've ruled that if you put it on a website, it's published, and therefore you have to pay the publishing rate if you want to get a registration for the copyright. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a website, you're publishing. And um, like I said, most of the photographers I know are using their websites if they're working in editorial or in journalism to get work. They're not, however, 
getting the work from just the website. They're then having to go in and show their book. Mm-hmm. So that's one valid use. Yeah, that's your storefront. Is that's it your not? storefront. And yeah. your business card. Right? If you're a wedding photographer, card. you would have a series of examples of your wedding stuff. You're, you know, you're not going to really book a wedding online unless you're very low end. Mm-hmm. People are going to want to come in and talk to you because, like I said, they're going to... Or very high end. If, or, you're, if you're very high end, they may true. say, you know, I just want Scott Bourne. What yeah. dates are you available? But typically, yeah. typically what they're going to do is say, I, I want to meet this person that's going to inject themselves into my lives mm-hmm. for the next three or four weeks. Yeah. And so that, that's, that's showcasing and publishing your work. And that's websites are very good for that. And we're going to give you a couple of suggestions where you can do that. But there are many people who are selling prints and mugs and T-shirts from their images using a variety of services. And there are a couple of people I know that are actually making a small living, but a living nonetheless, selling their prints online. You can do it. Um, the, you have to do it well. And you have to look like a pro while you're doing it. Now, on the lower end of that, is a product called Exposure Manager. And this was recommended by Aaron, our producer, who uses it. Um, it's a, it, it, he believes it's, a, it's pretty much flawless in terms of its um, you know, online sales ability. It does offer some comparative points to the one I'm going to recommend. It is, uh, it's a really good workflow for event photographers. I did spend some time with it this morning. Uh, if you're an event photographer, meaning you do you know you do the sports stuff at the little league, or you do the school photos, or you do weddings, you might start with a this because it's it's very affordable. Um, it's very low price. It's about a hundred dollars a year. Um, you can choose to do your own fulfillment. I really like that. Uh, you can use their lab. Uh, there, there, are, there are a lot of marketing tools. It's pretty cool, I have to admit. One thing I personally don't like about it is they take a commission. And, mm-hmm. and I don't really you know, uh, like that as much in this kind of site. I can agree to in a commission in something like you know, an iStock metaphor where I'm putting my stuff up as stock and then it's a simple transaction. Is there but an upfront charge, though? It's about, it's about 100 bucks oh, a year. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. And that I, I don't have a problem with. In fact, the one I'm going to recommend is about 200 bucks a year. Mm-hmm. But there's no commission. Which I guess the big differentiator here would be I sell quite a few prints online. So a commission starts to make that website very expensive for me. I would spend thousands of dollars a year to have an account with Exposure Manager because I'd be paying commission. Now, if you're just selling the occasional print, this might be the way to go because it's a lower upfront cost. If you think you're going to sell more than $100 worth of prints uh, or whatever it is you sell online, I'd like to recommend Big Black bag and yes i cannot believe it somehow managed to work its way into this show it is a canadian company hey, Canada, <laughs> we're just gonna get a little every canadian. week there's we need some oh canada music yeah, to play gonna, whenever we're gonna get a little canadian flag and stick it up on our blog i guess anyway um they're from canada i've had my stuff there for three years hmm. and that's you know it's a long time yeah. in this you know it's like Changing seven dog years world, to each exactly. one. um they've always done a good job for me it's flash based it can be very cool to set up a, a neat-looking site very quickly. You don't have to be a designer. And for proof of that, you can go look at my site on Big Black Bag, which is avianstock.com. You'll say, wow, what a cool-looking site. Scott knows what you're doing. Nope, I don't. It's just drag-and-drop flash building. Oh, and it took cool. me about an hour, and the whole thing's done. It's got a really nice shopping cart system. Uh, you can set your own prices. There's you know, absolutely no commissions of any kind. Nice. Um, the the thing is, I've uh, this also played a part, by the way, in 
the sale to the army and the veterans administration because when we were then doing follow-up they went to this site everybody could see it to study the eagle and say is this the one everybody wants so it was instrumental in me getting that sale Mm -hmm. and it's very easy to navigate you can do any number of setups that you want um and i i actually called them and said you know we're going to be talking about this on the show could you do something for the listeners and they did say for a limited time they would give a $25 off if you signed up. And the cool thing is, you can try it for free. Let me bring in Aaron Mailer. Can you try Exposure Manager for free, Aaron? Uh, Yes. um, You've got, uh, I believe there's a trial period available on it, Uh, certainly when you first sign up with it. Yeah, there's a a seven-day trial at Big Black Bank. Mm -hmm. So I'd recommend going, trying both of these and seeing which one seems to fit your needs yeah. the best. If you do decide to sign up for Big Black Bag, you can save 25 bucks off that year price of about 200 bucks, so it knocks it down to 175. If you simply mention the coupon code TWIP, T-W-I-P, as in This Week in Photography, I set this up as a special deal. We've gotten some feedback in the forums that they want us to set up special deals for them. We did that with uh, you know Drobo a while back before they were a sponsor. We, we've done that uh, with the people that sold the photo merging software. Occasionally, we're able to get some of this stuff arranged. I would uh, highly recommend that you download a trial version of their site and then use the co- coupon code TWIP. Expires July 31st. I mean, they can't leave this open forever So because yeah. uh, it's going to cost them a lot of money if a lot of people sign up. So they want just anybody getting in there. But if you want to go to bigblackbag.com, we'll have links to all this stuff. I'd try these out. And, of course, there are lots of ones we could talk about. Print Room is another popular one, but it's really geared more for, like, the wedding and, and, and the event pros. Cool. Um, there are several out there. Do you use one in particular you Actually, like well, in my world, uh, the two that seem to be the most popular are Digital Railroad and Photo Shelter. Um, okay. A lot of uh, documentary photographers um, are there. It's one of the things I haven't got to yet. I've got a long list. I, I'm so busy. Yes, I'm not you, you shooting. Did update, I'm marketing. You did update the Steve Simon photo blog in 1976. Exactly. So exactly. You, you got yeah. that covered. It's, it's in stone. I have to sort of <laughs> carve it in there. But, uh, yeah, I've got so many things. And if, if, if sadly, if you guys went to my site, you'd know there's a, a few broken links. But that's all going to change, and it's going to change soon. All right. And what, what would you recommend, Fred? Well, well two. You know, like you mentioned on the, the wedding side, um, you know, there's uh, Pictage, of course, Full disclosure, I used to be director of marketing there. So now this is something that's PC only, isn't it? No, no, no. no. Pictage is a website. It's a you know you upload your photos. Oh, okay. you upload. It's an event it's, photography. It's not one that you have to download to your. Computer. No, no. They've got plugins for Aperture, Lightroom, and all that, where you can upload directly from the applications now, to wait them. A is that is that the one that uh, Fong is behind? Uh, Gary Fong was a founder of Pictage. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's and not, then, I got to tell you right now, that's not my favorite. Well. Well, you can tell them. <laughs> Take it up with them. You no longer work big, there. Big Taj, you can, uh, you know, Scott Bourne on Twitter. Um, <laughs> the other one that I'm actually using right now because I'm not an active sort of wedding or an event guy is Smug Mug. Smug Mug is awesome. I mean, I love the, the customizability of it, and it flows right into my site. You can go to my site and click on the client access, and it sort of like seamlessly blends right into my website. It's great. And the CEO of Smug Mug, uh, Don McCaskill, is on Twitter, and he's always Twittering about what they're up to. So, yeah, I have heard a lot of people like Smug Mug. I, I just say I I stuck with Big Black Bag because in more than three years, virtually no downtime ever. 
um, and and I'm getting great results. So that's why I recommend them. But, now, none of these sites are, are give you any tools for marketing your stuff, right? This is purely the tools for organizing and presenting it, and you go out and well, do the market. There's shopping carts, and and um, at the one at Big Black Bag, they they do some keywording for you. Um, they have some email stuff that you can do some outbound marketing with it's all going to be limited on any of these websites right okay but i i do think that uh, i would like to hear from our listeners uh if it, what their experience is with the ones we mentioned and then if there are some that they think we left off feel free to bring them up um we're, we're happy to hear about them when i ask another question how do you price your work this is from matt Okay, V-A-R-D-J-A-N, whoever wants to take a hmm. crack at that. Um, Varchan. Well, Matt, uh, we, we kind of talked about that initially. We recommended this week's website, Pick of the Week, as a good starting place, um, the Har- Harrington stuff. PhotoQuote software is a, is a piece of software that I used for a long time. It's a little... At least, well, it's a little outdated, I think, now. But they've it, updated it. They have updated yeah, they it again? they have updated it. And, and it, it, you know, it's, it's kind of unique as far as, I'm, as far as I've seen. And, and we'll tell you, like, if you have uh, a situation where you have a, a sell an image to a website, a quarter page. Right, uh, right. You know, it, it, it just has all these variables that allow you to at least get a kind of a base of where to start from in, t- in determining a charge. And as I think Aaron asked, um, there's all kinds of uh, good tips within the software on negotiation and marketing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really is... Uh, it's not cheap, as I recall. I, I'd have to check. I don't think it's... I used yeah. it a lot in the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. And it was helpful, particularly in a studio environment where you're tracking stuff like, well, you know, most people don't realize this, but if you do a big three or four day shoot and let's say you're doing a lot of duct taping of cables and things like that, you know, uh, you can run through eighty hundred dollars worth of electrician's tape and duct tape on one shoot. Mm. Well, if you don't keep track of that, Absolutely. you start to lose money on jobs. That's it's just siphoning away at your profit without no. This was a great piece of software for helping you keep track of all the billable consumables. If you pop a flash head out during a shoot, my rule was. Client's going to pay for that if it happens on his shoot. It's just tough. Even as an editorial photographer, it had a list of magazines. It yeah. would tell you, you know, the bigger yeah. the circulation, you'd know what it charged. But the Harrington site does a lot of what PhotoQuote does um, generously put up there for free. So you can look and, and use that as kind of a base, but also maybe take a look at PhotoQuote. Yeah, the main thing I want you to do is just don't lie to yourself. Okay, mm. There's an old saying I heard. A lot of people that get into photography are buying themselves a job. Mm. Which basically means they're lying to themselves about how much money they're putting into it to be photographers versus what they're taking out. Mm-hmm. Look at what it costs you to do business. That should whether or not you use any of these software recommendations we've given you or read any of these books. We're going to put a bunch of stuff in show notes. In fact, because we're not going to get anywhere near through this, we're going to just. I think maybe we'll try just linking the wiki, Aaron. Um, I don't know what you think about that, but we'll talk about that off mic. But uh, we, we got a lot of data in here, which is really good information. But, you know, despite what all that stuff says, it all has to start with what it costs you to do business. If you've got $5,000 worth of gear and $5,000 a month in rent and $5,000 a month in employee and marketing costs, that's $15,000 a month you've got to make before you pay yourself. Exactly. And yeah. if you, you know, the one great website, editorialphotographers.com, 
they have an estimator that shows what the cost is to doing business. And I think people just forget that they've invested $20,000 in this equipment and they're doing a job for, for $50 and $100. I mean, if you're going to be serious about becoming professional or doing this to make money, you have to be realistic too. Right. Yeah, you really do. And you have to also understand that probably the worst thing you can do, and this is going to piss people off, but the worst thing you can do is buy any gear. Mm-hmm. I used to teach a sales class up uh, – in Washington. And the first day, my first thing would be, how many of you want to ask me about what gear you should buy for your studio? Every hand gets raised. And I said, well, this is going to be a really fast part of the class. You shouldn't buy a thing. And then everybody groans and moans. I'm like, have you got any customers? No. Then why do you need a camera? I would spend my money on acquiring a customer. Then I would run down to Glazers, which was the big pro camera store in Seattle, and rent what you need. And then cost that out on the job. And wait till you sell your second job and then go rent it again. And once you get to the point where the jobs are free and flowing, then you can buy gear. But buying gear before you have clients, I never understood that. Yeah. yeah, I never. So, Scott, what do you what do you think about the the where is that line between fake it till you make it and you you made it and you're you're justifying charging for your work? Because well, a lot of photographers are thinking that they're justified in charging for their work before they actually are. Now you mean based on gear or just based on overall just talent, gear, oh. whatever? You know, when are you ready to you're say ready to I'm ch- ready to charge? You know, there's an old saying in the horse business: a horse is worth what somebody's willing to pay for it at that moment. So my opinion is you're a pro as soon as somebody's willing to pay you. Mm-hmm. I was 16 years old, and my, my brother-in-law was the sports editor at the Bloomington Herald Tribune newspaper, which is the Bloomington, Indiana newspaper where Indiana University is, which is just south of Indianapolis. I grew up in Indianapolis. He said, hey, would you like to shoot the Indianapolis 500 for it? He knew I had an interest in cameras. I had gotten a, a, a Nicromat. That's the big break. Yeah, and he mm-hmm. said, "Would you? I can get you a pass to get in there. And he said this kind of thinking, you know, I really don't expect you to get anything, but if you got one shot, we could use the paper. It'd be kind of fun. I can't afford to send a staffer there, but I can get you a pit pass. Well, pit pass was really hard to come by, even more so now. So I went in, and because I had a pit pass, the Nikon van was there. And if you had a pit pass, they would give you all the gear that they wanted you to use because they wanted people out with nice. Nikon cameras. And it, there, there was no autofocus then, was No, there? it was yeah. a 200 millimeter. And here were the specs. You had to have a body that would accept a motor drive. You'd have to have the motor drive. And by the way, the motor drive was the size of the body and did a whopping... <laughs> uh, yeah. So Ooh, let that me help, sounds like a D3. Let me, let me help you. 1.2 like frames a second was the Ooh, motor drive. Ooh, wow. Did they have a, a 200... <laughs> fixed, hammer and chisel in there. A 200 millimeter fixed lens, and that's what everybody was given. Yeah. And they did that because they wanted people to see Nikons out there. And then I ended up being in a stringer with AP as part of that deal. And you wore a, a, an armband, and a guy would come along and collect your film. Well, I got lucky. Tom Sneva had the good sense to crash into the wall right in front of me on the Ooh. second turn Ugh. short shoot. And I got one of those pictures that was on every sports page in America. And I got paid $2,000 in royalties. And this is, you know, I hate to say when this was, but yeah, this was like in the 1970s almost. So that and, was a million and, dollars. And, <laughs> and so I was like, I'm going to be a pro photographer, you know, and, wow. I, and I spent that 2000 on gear and it was like two years before I sold another yeah, photo. Yeah. So, I mean, but you really know when, when people are regularly willing to pay you 
when they're willing to yeah. pay money. So you hear yep. this all the time. Mm-hmm. If, you got, if you're around your friends and family and you're a good shooter, they'll say, yeah. wow, you should turn pro. Mm-hmm. Well, when you hear that and you're tempted, yeah. I just have one little exercise for you. Turn around and say, will you buy this print from me right now? And as soon as somebody yeah. says yes, then you can get serious. But what you're going to hear is, well, I don't think you should be a pro that much. I mean, you know, yeah. they're going to back off. But mm-hmm. when people are willing to pay money. But when you said fake it till you make it, I mean, that's the old uh, movie sort of situ- scenario and situation. But yeah, mm-hmm. an opportunity that comes up Generally, you want to grasp it and take it. You don't yeah. want to sort of. There's never a good time. You're never completely ready, and mm-hmm. you know you learn from it. Yeah, you 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 make the date with the pretty girl, and then go to the mall and buy the clothes for the. That's date, exactly right. right. Yeah. That's I like yeah. that analogy. Um, before we go any further, because we're running out of time, and I can't believe we are, but we are. Um, I do want to make sure that we talk about our friends at Audible because they've been with us for a while now, and they're going to be with us. I got some very good news. They've just signed a three-month contract extension, so they're going to be nice. with us for the next three months. Appreciate everybody supporting them because they support us. If you go to audiblepodcast.com slash TWIP, that's T-W-I-P as in This Week in Photography, you, that's right, you, can get a free downloadable book. That's all there is to it. There's no strings attached. If you don't like the service, you can bail right out and keep your downloadable book as our gift and theirs. And if you're wondering what to do with it, since, my gosh, there are more than 40,000 titles to choose from, which could keep you busy, uh, we try to give you a pick of the week. And this week, our very own Frederick has an idea about what you might want to do with your pick. Well, because we're on this whole topic of business and money and all that unfun stuff, um, I thought I would talk about something that's kind of fun. You know, the Wall Street Journal, although it doesn't sound, you know, that exciting, is this this in audible form is really really cool. I mean it's it's you know if you if you read the description from the Audible website they talk about each morning you'll get the must hear stories. So basically it's like a podcast but it's from the Wall Street Journal and it just brings you up to date on the marketplace, what money's doing, investing, what are the most important things that you need to know about. So instead of sitting at the the you know the breakfast table reading the newspaper, you can get in the car and read the newspaper in traffic. So I think it's, it's pretty appropriate to this topic. And you know what, Fred? Um, mm-hmm. I've heard more than once a lot of very well-known photographers, particularly documentary photographers, they'll read the Wall Street Journal because the coverage in the Wall Street Journal is kind of unique and there's all kinds of interesting ideas they get from there mm-hmm. that lead to photo projects. Yeah. So there is a connection. Yeah, and then you know, if, you, if you absolutely have to read the paper version of the Wall Street Journal – Sit in a uh, Starbucks with it because you look really cool with the Wall Street <laughs> Journal in front of you with your Take latte. Yeah. Now, I got to tell you, I have a, a new kind of use for Audible books, and that is when I'm out in nature shooting pictures all by myself, which is the way I prefer to do nature photography, I'll have a book playing in my mind to just sort of keep me engaged in life and not, you know, to lose myself too far. I'll listen to an audio book while I'm taking pictures. And it's interesting, whatever the audio book's about will somehow color what I see out there in nature. It's an interesting thing. In any event, the neat thing about this is you can try it absolutely free. There's no obligation at all. You go to audiblepodcast.com slash TWIP. And this is a special deal we've arranged just for TWIP listeners. Check it out. We appreciate Audible and their support. Before we go, I do want to talk a little bit about the legalities of doing business as a photographer, some business pitfalls. Uh, first thing I want to mention is if you're going to become a professional photographer, you need to become a professional in that you need to do it legally. So 
wherever you live, go check with your municipality about licensing. For instance, is there a city, county, state business license you need to obtain? Almost every jurisdiction, the answer is yes, because frankly, it's a way for them to tax us. Um, you need to get a resale permit if you're going to be selling prints in a place where sales tax is collected. If you fail to collect the sales tax, oh my gosh, are you going to get a very unpleasant visit one day with a like a bill for 40 grand that you owe and you're not going to be able to pay. Yeah. So do all that stuff. Don't try to do this on the sly and say, hey, I don't really don't know I exist. I can hang out and do this in my house. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not legit. And by the way, it it's, it's doesn't exactly instill confidence in people mm-hmm. when they're hiring somebody who's, who's not legitimate. So mm-hmm. I recommend you get your licenses. I recommend that you consider uh, you know, hiring an attorney mm-hmm. and asking questions about you know what kind of business structure you might want to need. Are you going to be a sole proprietorship? Are you going to be uh, a corporation which might provide you with some liability? I highly recommend that you get errors and omissions insurance. And this is a question I've been dying to ask Ron, and I'm glad he's here because I want to ask him. In your world, Ron, do people get errors and omissions insurance? Like if I'm getting hired to do, you know, a job of the hut for Star Wars and what happens if Jabba's hut doesn't work? Do I, I mean, do I have... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, not so much people as, as corporations do it. You know, yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot of total freelance people that uh, that take on that that bigger responsibility, but certainly, you know, all, all the studios I've worked with, you know, even if it's just a small studio doing, uh, you know, latex makeup or something like that, yeah, errors, you, you know... He knows definitely. Steve, are you are you a member of PPA? Yes. Well, so I'm sorry, NPPA, the National Press Photographers, gotcha. uh, ASMP, but American PPA, um, I haven't joined yet. No, it, do uh, either of those associations that you belong to provide you with insurance and yes. bonding if you trip and fall and break somebody's million dollar statue while you're on a job? They Absolutely. Cover it. I hate when that happens, but <laughs> it could. And actually, both the NPPA and the ASMP both have very good insurance partners. Um, and ASMP in particular, which deals a lot more with the commercial side of things, mm-hmm. has all the insurance that yeah, you'd, like you'd ever errors want. Errors and omission, yes, equipment exactly, insurance. Exactly. Many people try to get their equipment insured through riders on their homeowner's policy. And mm. the bad news here mm. is that they do not give full coverage. So and if you're not a professional, if you are a professional, they won't include it. That, that won't yeah, count. It'll be so you might think you're insured. Right. Oh. The other, the other yeah. thing that's maybe important to note is, you know, there are a lot of tax deductions you can get as a self-employed business and as a photographer, but the IRS is very wary of those weekend, you know, pro, uh, professionals with, I'm doing the finger quotes now, you can't mm-hmm. see it out there. But He's pointing at me. I'm pointing at Fred. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you have to be legitimate and, and you know, there's a certain expectation that yes you may lose money for a year or two but if you're consistently uh, losing money they're gonna you know they have the computers they see it and they'll they'll find you and they'll they may just visit knock you on your door it's not a good how thing. did you pay for that yacht by losing money all those exactly years? well I, I think that's excellent advice you, you want to think about that stuff we really want to think about um you know these associations wppi mm-hmm. which is the wedding and portrait photographers international mm-hmm. ppa the professional photographers of america i'm not so much a fan of that one as i am wppi yeah. but asmp which is right. american society of media yeah, photographers. And to join you need like references and i suspect that a lot of these uh, yeah. to be a professional i mean you can't just sign well, up to join ppa to join ppa you can just pay and likewise oh. wppi okay. but to join yeah. some of the the media ones you yeah, do need you to need have a reference, reference. Yeah. but all of these societies typically offer camera insurance 
insurance that's much better, I wanted to get back to this point, than you can buy from your homeowner policy. Because, and worth the price of a, a membership, yeah, too. It, it, they, well, you get the membership, and you might have to pay extra for the insurance. Yeah. But here's what's mostly important. They offer what's known as inland marine coverage. And you need to ask for that if you're dealing with your own insurance agent, inland marine coverage. And what that means is you get full replacement value. Because ah. here's what's going to happen. Mm. You buy a beautiful Canon 1DS Mark III for eight grand. Uh, you know, on Monday and it's stolen on Friday, they're going to try to give you a six, five, four for it and say, mm-hmm. well, it depreciated the minute you bought Cheapest it. Cheapest price on eBay or something. Yeah, exactly. but what, what you can do is if you get, you know, replacement value is they got to give you the full eight grand so you can go buy another one. This is an, a crucial thing if yeah. you're going to have gear for your photography business. You got to have this stuff covered because if you lose it, you're, you're, you're you could be out of business. You could yeah. be out of business. You will be out of business, yeah. Yeah. And, Or you'd be and renting. It's, it's right. very important. I also want to quickly mention that if you're going to be serious about this, you need to think about registering your copyrights. Mm, now, we all talk about a copyright. You own a copyright the minute you press the shutter, and you do, but you can't enforce it unless you register it. That's the big misunderstanding here in this industry. Mm-hmm. Registering it means you pay a fee to the, the Library of Congress you send copies of the work to them, and then you can establish by virtue of the forms you fill out, the fee you paid, and the copies you sent that you were the maker of that photo and the holder of that copyright. If somebody infringes you later, you can only go into the United States District Court and expect to win money mm. if you've done that. Yeah, and it, it's, it's not that hard to do. No. Uh, not enough of us do it. Um, you can gang do it uh, in mm-hmm. terms of large groups of images and get that registration certificate. It takes you know weeks to come through. But if someone violates your copyright, I mean, you could still win the court case because legally you should. But if you've got that certificate, it's a slam dunk. You can get a lot more for Well, for if someone violates your copyright and you haven't registered, the best you can usually hope for is a takedown. There you go. Okay. But if you've registered, you can get as much as triple damages. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. You're not going to get an attorney to represent you in those cases because this is in federal court, folks. You're not going to get an attorney to go to the United States District Court on your behalf unless they have a way to you know, get paid. So the, if you haven't registered, they'll say, okay, I'll take the case. It's 400 an hour. In which case, you better have forty grand in your pocket because yeah. that's about what it's going to take to prosecute the case. Yeah. Or they'll say, "I'll take it for a third because they know that they're going to do it." I've I've won eleven cases of really? infringement. I'm wow. very vigorous about protecting yeah. my work. If somebody infringes me, yeah. I give them one and one chance only to immediately, and I do mean immediately, yeah. take care of me. Yeah. A second after that chance is gone, they can never do it that way again. We go to court, wow. and I go for everything because I think it's important to say. You walk down point. my street, buddy. Yeah. Don't break yeah, into absolutely. my house. This is, there's no difference. And you're helping all of us out. For exactly. Yeah. And there's yeah. no difference at all, at all, from stealing my picture than there is to walk in my house and steal my TV. I'm going to treat you the same yeah. way. Yeah. And I can only do that effectively if I register the copyright. Yeah. Now, we could do a whole show on how to do this, and we're not going to. You can look this up very simply by going to the Library of Congress website. You can Google Eddie searches. EditorialPhotographers.com has a great uh, a section great on that. Primer we'll on how to do it. it. Yeah. And by the way, if you have a website full of images, here's the cool thing. You can register. If you have 5,000 images on that website, you can register the website and establish your copyright registration. Mm-hmm. that way so there's other ways to do it other than sitting there and do it Im- image by image if you get your images published in a book the publisher will usually handle this for you but you do want to get your stuff registered that's very important because you cannot protect yourself if you don't last thoughts we'll start with you mr brinkman either questions or or advice for people interested in publishing or selling uh, well one thing we didn't cover and I, I don't think we really have time to so i'd, I'd 
basically suggest we do a separate show on it would be the whole thing of putting together books and selling them. Um, because, you know, in some ways that's, that's one of the questions I would have of having a lot of photos of particularly certain locations, you know, what would it take to put it together and potentially go about selling it? But I, it seems like we could probably do close to a whole show on that. So I think yeah, I'll table it till then. And, and it's a very fortuitous thing for you to bring up because we are going to do a show. I've already worked with uh, Blurb and with Azuka, and I'm working with a couple of other ones. I'm going to try to do a show where we have them all on. Oh, that'd and, be great. And we talk yeah. about their publishing opportunities for photographers. So we'll save that. But thank you for your input. Uh, Steve Simon, last thoughts. Uh, professionalism. You know, be professional, dress professional, show reverence for your work. If you're going to put it out there, uh, have a beautiful portfolio, uh, have your site as professional as it can be, and just uh, keep that in mind. When it comes to your work, you want it to be uh, first class all the way. Fred Johnson. Um, weekend warrior weekend warrior i would say uh definitely evaluate those sharing sites that we mentioned you know and and find one that works for you and uh you know dig into it and play around with that you want to you want a presence online that's critical also i would uh suggest that folks look into building their social presence online with through services like twitter facebook friend feed just to build up the the group of people that are interested in what you're doing so that you know like like scott you're saying and steve you're saying you know you get that People, when, when your work is out there, people can see it. They can react to it. And services like Flickr are great for that as well. Well, my advice in closing is absolutely take advantage of all your online options. we got an online world. But if you don't print, if you don't make prints, you're going to find it very tough to make a living as a photographer. So whether or not you do the printing or you hire it out to any one of the great services available – Start thinking about building that print portfolio to match your Flickr portfolio because in this world, handing somebody a book full of prints is still what's required to get the job, whether it's a wedding photographer's job, a photojournalist's job, an editorial photographer's job, particularly obviously required if you're going to do things like selling prints. You're going to have to make prints. It's a dying art, <laughs> and it's important that we continue to still do it because people still want them. Yeah. And whether those prints come in the form of a book you hand somebody or a, you know, a wall portrait that you stick on their wall, making yeah. prints is important. I just wanted to add because uh, at its end of year at ICP where I teach, and you know, we've been looking at these images the whole year and often electronically, and suddenly they're printed beautifully on the wall – and you forget the power of seeing that beautiful print once it's mm-hmm. it's done, and it, it's it's a powerful way to convince people that uh, you know the work that you're doing. It it just looks it looks that much better. And the bigger the better, right? You print something, well, yeah. print something at a four by six. It looks <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of exactly. cool. You yeah. print it at uh, thirty by forty. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm telling you, I've been making some big prints on that Epson thirty eight hundred lately, and geez, it's just. Beautiful. There's something about it, and, and uh, Steve and I both like that real fine art Epson paper. Yeah, that gallery. The gallery fiber. stuff is good. And Anyway, that's that's something you want to think about. I do want to say thanks to everybody who helped with this show. Thanks to Aaron Mailer for doing a great job, as always, with the wiki and the show notes. is just really important for us to get this stuff organized. Thanks to Steve Simon for flying all the way in from New York to be on the show. It's very exciting to be here. <laughs> Boy, wow. his, his arm's tired. Right? <laughs> yeah. boom, boom. Where would you like people to uh, find uh, you, Steve? Are you on the Twitter yet? Uh, not yet. Not yet, but I, I Would you I like will. us to set up an account for you after the show? Maybe. So we can get you <laughs> Did you call it the Twitter? The Twitter. <laughs> it's like the internets? I, 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 that's exactly what it is. It's like yeah. the internets. I'll, I'll have to get on the Twitter. <laughs> actually, I picked that up from Lindsay, actually. He started really? Doing, Alex started doing that. Okay, well, so Steve Simon. 
Simon? Yeah, csimonphoto.com. Okay. I'm, I'm in the process of updating. We'll get you on the Twitter and, and have that happening. Yeah. Uh, Fred, thank you for being on the show as always. We appreciate mm-hmm. your perspective. Where would you like people to find you and what you're up to? Easy. They can go to, uh, for Lightroom, the product I manage, at, uh, manage the marketing for at Adobe, adobe.com slash Lightroom. Or if they want to follow me personally, frederickvan.com or Frederick Van on Twitter. Mr. Ron Brinkman, all the way from Hermosa Beach by way of the south of France. We, we appreciate your perspective and having you on the show. Where would you like us to send folks? And by the way, is your new book finally available? Uh, the the author's copy just showed up like two days ago. I haven't gotten the full box of uh, you know comp copies that I'll be sending up to uh, various people, including maybe some people that are I'm talking to right now. <laughs> and so yeah, and I think it's probably if it's not available on Amazon right now, it's within days. Were you so. thrilled with the way it looks, the author's copy? You know, I, I you, you pull the book out of the box, nerve wracking, is it? And not? you look at it, and then you're like. Oh God! Do I want to open this? And and honestly, I I opened like three or four pages. I'm like, oh, that's okay. That's a little dark, but it's okay. Oh, I can't look anymore. I so I actually, I, <laughs> I think I've spent like about thirty seconds looking at the interior of it right now. But uh, it looks looks pretty good from the outside. I'm sure it looks great. Yeah. So anyway, uh, digitalcomposting.com is um, where I occasionally blog. I just put a blog post of. Uh, where I did a little conversion of a stereo, one of those old-time stereo Viewmaster cards into a little mini movie where the camera kind of pans between the left and the right eye. So yeah, that's somewhat that photography. That was really freaky looking at that yeah, image. It's kinda, yeah, it's a neat little thing. Anyway, and I'm also on the Twitters at uh, <laughs> Ron Brinkman, R-O-N-B-R-I-N-K-M-A-N-N. Don't forget the all-important last I forgot it that one time. I apologize. <laughs> well, you can uh, find me at uh, Scott Bourne, either scottborn.com or Scott Bourne on Twitter. And like I said, if you want to look at my big black bag portfolio site, go to avianstock.com and see my bird pictures. And remember, we do have that special limited time deal we worked out with them. 25 bucks off if you sign up. They do have a free trial at Big Black Bag. Dot com. Thanks also to Drobo for jumping in as a sponsor. Thanks to Lens Babies for hanging out on the blog as a sponsor. And of course, thanks to our good friends at Audible. It's all over. It's all done. We got everything out that we could for this week. We went just a little bit long on purpose because that's part of our poll question. We wanted to see uh, want a longer show. So if I get lots of screams at me, we'll know. Uh, the the uh, Nikon D3s are about ready to send us <laughs> off. That's it for this week's show. Uh, until next time, we're going to put the lens cap right back on. so cool with stereo. I'm sorry. I can't. It's never happened to me before. <laughs>